Welcome to Days Update for January 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Victorio. And yeah, we've got a busy week of news as we've got a bunch of stuff getting dates, uh, a bunch of other news going on, not so great stuff. The tech industry, uh, gaming industry, all that have had a bad week. Oh, um, yeah. Um, mostly because capitalism demands a blood sacrifice from time to time. Yep. And that has definitely happened to a company that, say, is trying to acquire more people. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's going to be a fun thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's another company who is not having a great time with their developers. Yeah. Uh, along with that, uh, we got a bunch of other news. We got uh, PlayStation VR 2 getting a... Good luck at its launch lineup. Mm-hmm. It is pretty well stacked. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get to a bunch of other dates and such here. Uh, before we do, we'll talk about what we've been playing. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll kick it off here. Been playing a good bit more One Piece Odyssey. Mm-hmm. About like nine hours in or so at this point. And uh, now had the ability to fast travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, using some... Uh, one of the creatures uh, that you find. You find these markers all around the map. Uh, mm. That are confusing because nobody knows what they're for, and then get introduced to this concept uh, through there. So I'm looking forward to having an easier way to get around because they do have things around the different maps that are uh, reasons to come back. Particularly, there are these like places where a bridge would go, but uh, say Frankie, uh, the shipbuilder, is not around to build them. Uh, so they build in some arbitrary means for requiring you to come back as well as like just started getting to treasure chests that need keys for some mm-hmm. reason that doesn't make any sense but uh you know that stuff is going on still in alabasta as i'm working yep. my way through that so uh this game's got a lot to it so i'm looking forward to put some more time into that mm. uh for one of the streams this week i decided to start hell pie mm. uh, which is a 3d platformer that came out last year yeah, uh, that is very heavily influenced by like Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Extremely influenced in terms of being a very gross uh, and grotesque kind of game. Yeah, uh, as you play a minion of Satan in mm. his office, his office building essentially that is sent to do an errand mm-hmm. uh, and fetch the chef and figure out what's going on with his birthday cake. Yep. And all that's in our birthday pie, I think. And the chef kind of was like freaking out because he forgot about it. Uh, mm-hmm. And sends you on, you know, a quest to get him things that he needs, like pie crust and other things. And that has you go through like the this weird supermarket. And yeah, it's a three D it's a three D platformer more so than the Conquer Bad Fur Day stuff was. Uh that took a lot of breaks into other styles of games whenever it did its parodies. Mm-hmm. Here it's not doing so much of that. Uh, it's a lot of just going around uh, to these hub areas, essentially kind of looking around, grabbing uh, the main currency that's just for unlocking outfits. Mm-hmm. And that currency constantly respawns. So like, if you die, uh, you come back, it's like everything responds anywhere. Enemies also respond. Uh, there's not much of a, a reason to really be super precious about that stuff. 
Right. Uh, you'll find crates with currency in them. When you break them, they'll go spilling out all over the place, and sometimes they'll go down into the abyss uh, and all that. So it's not being super precious about that stuff. Uh, but like, even I think that it would have been better. If anything that gets like falls off the map into you know lava or whatever, uh, just warp to you like Ratchet and Clank did. You mm. know, twenty years ago. Yeah. Uh, here it's just like ah whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think part of the big difference is that on top of that, like for whatever faults it did, it did have Conker's Bad Fur Day was actually a pretty good dark comedy, like all around, yeah. and was like actually funny. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Pie just isn't. It relies way too much on, you know, the juvenile humor without any kind of trying to trying to go any deeper than that. Yeah, it has some moments, but not overall it's trying a little too hard at times. Yeah. Uh especially when uh, you get to the first hub area and you're going to explore around basically, you know, a couple of islands. Mm-hmm. Uh that kind of thing. And you run into this one area that goes to where the the demo was at when uh, Steam Demo Fest was going on. Uh, this is the demo area, which is in the sewers, mm-hmm. uh, where you run into. I think most of the enemies are pieces of shit turds mm-hmm. uh, that they call the shit stoffel because yeah. uh, some of them have what look like Nazi hats on. Yeah, uh, that kind of thing. Where it's like, okay, what's the politics of this game because uh, elsewhere on the island you run into hippies and they clearly don't like hippies yeah uh, they make them very much a a jokey thing uh but i think it's just it's just trying to be like south park i guess take take shots at everybody yeah know. um but yeah that's the sewers were all right uh the boss fight was pretty easy there um but yeah, exploring the island, it's it's not hard to get, you know, into uh places where you're unsure what to do. Like the platforming can be a little clumsy mm-hmm. at times because there's like the the ability to do like a wall jump essentially. Mm-hmm. But if you're too close to the wall, it doesn't activate. Uh that kind of stuff. Uh so I'll be trying to make jumps. Uh and the other cool thing with the gameplay is that you get this uh cherub that essentially acts as an anchor point to do mm. like a rope swing. And so as you uh, collect more of the, uh, whatever it is, it's like, it's a can of like candy meat or something, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that the, the cherub eats that then becomes skill points. They can use to upgrade your abilities usually for like, Oh, you can, you know, do more of the, the rope swings. Uh, in succession, that kind of stuff, or get some other bonus abilities and such, and it's a pretty solid game, uh, gameplay-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much all about you know collectibles and unlocking the the cosmetics because I think you get uh, trophies or achievements for getting all of them in each area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you definitely have to do a lot of running around as the. Uh, as the outfit selection is specific to the areas you're in mm. versus just being like, Oh, you've been to these areas. Here's all the outfits you can purchase mm. kind of thing. And they're all, you know, they're just outfits. Nothing really amazing to them. Uh, on the island one, you get a lot of, you know, Hawaiian shirt style outfits, mm-hmm. uh, 
the ones for the chair were more, the most crass. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, here's a mankini for this chubby little cherub and other dumb stuff. Uh, so I, I think the one I put on it when I got it was just like uh, a little floater thing for swimming in a pool kind of thing. Uh, but the game's pretty solid, but the the humor is the the thing that sticks out is like not being super great uh, most of the time. Yeah. Uh, which I think I got the same kind of impression with uh, Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Uh, especially looking at it from, uh, you know, modern eyes. Yeah. This is what it was doing then. Because uh, I never really played it back then. I saw some bits and pieces, but yeah, it's something that just. When I try it, it's also like whenever I see people start it up, it's like it starts up with a Saving Private Ryan bit. Yeah. That. Is probably an easy point for people to bounce off of because mm-hmm. that's not like any other parts of the game. Yeah, it's like when they when they go into their parody sections. Yeah, it changes up a bit. Mm-hmm. So like here's this like challenging shooter thing where shooters weren't a thing that you knew how to control then. Yeah, uh, so that's kind of a whole thing. But this game, it's pretty easy to get. Mm-hmm. You got your double jumps, your wall jumps, your rope swings. Uh, dashes, all that stuff adds for a pretty good arsenal of moves, and all that. The humor is just maybe the the one thing that sticks out as like, eh, it's not great, mm. but you also don't have to gauge with it too much. So you can kind of just move on. So yeah, there's Hell Pie, one of the yeah. more solid three indie three D platformers of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, yeah, Persona Four Golden and Persona Three Portable came out on everything last or yeah last week. Uh, I picked up Persona 3 Portable on my PS5, uh, though it's a PS4 version, because conveniently, the the game that Microsoft got to do a bunch of marketing for doesn't have a PS5 version, but does have Xbox Series X and S native versions, so Mm. uh, maybe that'll get that'll happen at some point, the PS5 version, but Mm. now it's just PS4, though there's not really any major advantage to it. Uh, for that, because it's still just a PSP game. Uh, it runs well, does all yeah. that stuff. I am about two hours in at this point. Uh, basically just finished going through and beating the first big enemy fight you get. Yeah. You get the, the reins taken off of you mm-hmm. uh, for that stuff. And yeah, the, the exploration still the same way where you're not going through 3D areas. You're going through and just overviews of these different areas and highlighting the you know doors and such mm-hmm. uh, that you want to go into for different buildings and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, uh, the main sticking point that I think people that prefer classic Persona 3 yeah. to this, uh, which is reasonable, but also you know running through those areas can get tedious at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, though you do get means of warping around, but I think it works out all right in that favor because the the Tartarus stuff, you get the ability to warp out more easily and save your progress there versus having to do a bunch of floors of this dungeon in a row Mm -hmm. uh, without much of a chance for a break from that. Uh, And I do like that they've, I believe they've, you know, upgraded some of the uh, means of, you know, fusing personas and getting bonuses and all that kind of stuff from the original game. Mm-hmm. as well uh so 
a lot of the bonus, the the shuffle time stuff I would get is like, here's, you know, your fourth weapon for, you know, Junpei that he already has equipped. So I'll sell those to the cop. Yeah. Make a bunch of money uh, and upgrade all my weapons more easily. So, mm. yeah, if you've played Persona 4 or Persona 5, it's largely the same kind of experience. Just uh, Persona 3 was the one that sets the standards for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's still weird when that game starts that you're just seeing a teenage girl shoot herself, try to shoot herself in the face. Yep. Uh, that was controversial back then and yeah, more so now. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much the reason why the the game sort of managed to become a kit through word of mouth is the whole mechanic of using, you know, guns to summon your personas, basically. <laughs> It's this game where these high schoolers just shoot themselves in the head to summon yeah. demons to fight for them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like for me in particular, when that when that game first came out, I had no idea why it had an M rating, and that's literally my only explanation: the whole like gunshots to the head of teenagers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's also plenty of blood splatter around the Tartarus floors. Yep. Because uh, uh, it's a. F- I mean, the other part is that the Tartarus is forms in the dark hour out of their school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's also a weird connotation of uh, teenagers shooting themselves in a school. Yep. A, a twisted version of a school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the thing that's kind of the, the most freaky about the game is the notion that if you spend too much time in the dungeons, uh, uh, what is it? Death comes for you. Mm-hmm. And just will just one shot you. The Reaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll start hearing chains. It's in Persona 4 as well. Uh, yeah, they're in all of them, I think. Yeah. Which is like, I hate that sound so much because it's so creepy. And you're like, I don't want to waste all my time here because uh, these games don't have continues. Uh, you die, you go back to your last save. And that's, uh, I think it can be very annoying depending on how much time you spend in these dungeons. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, definitely a thing. So, yeah, enjoying it still. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never put been able to put too much time into Persona Three. Uh, haven't played a good bit on uh, PSP back in the day, uh, so now I got a bit, second chance to uh, go back and uh, have a better chance of getting through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the thing that makes that easier on like the Persona games is that you can just say like, I'll play you know a couple days and hang out and get you know social links up and. Or go into the dungeon for a bit and get some uh, grind for some XP and gear that I can sell, that kind of stuff. Uh, makes it a bit more uh, consumable in smaller chunks than your typical JRPG, uh, especially if they don't have save anywhere mechanics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Persona 3 Portable, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Persona 4 Gold is supposed to also be pretty good. Uh, the major knock is that Sega decided not to credit the translation team on these games. Yeah. And that's just, that's the entire appeal of these games is because the localization teams have done a great job with these games. Mm. Uh, but Sega joins the list of other companies decided to tell them to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Not give them the credit they deserve. So yeah, there you go for that. Uh, the other game I played is Monster Hunter Rise. I started this up on my PC. Uh, took a little work to get it running well. I ended up just using the uh, 
if you're playing on PC, GeForce Experience is a thing. If you have a G, uh, an NVIDIA card, essentially they have a means for uh, taking your graphics card uh, and your other specs and saying, like, here are the optimal you know, settings for your graphics mm-hmm. to make it run as well as possible. And that's what I ended up doing for Monster Horizon. That worked pretty well. Uh, then I decided to try and stream it, and that uh, was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, OBS takes up a good bit of your resources when doing that, so I had to knock it down a bit on uh, the specs there and the, the graphical settings, uh, which wasn't too big of an issue. Um, but yeah, this game, compared to World, does a better job of getting you started, because mm-hmm. uh, Monster Hunter World throws you through a whole thing, uh, a big spectacle as you're getting set up, or getting started, because you're Everybody's going to the new world and they're on the boat and guess what? A monster attacks and uh, you got to get off the ship to survival. And then I think you go uh, through one of the areas to get to the, the main base for all the hunters mm. uh, in that. It's a whole big thing. Uh, it's cool for what it was, um, but we don't need that anymore uh, here. Mm-hmm. They're just like, ah, oh, you're in a village. You're ready to become a, a hunter. Let's go get you registered. Great. Go do some quests. Yeah. All that. Uh, the only real issue I had is that uh, Monster Hunter has a very specific style of control. It took me a while to break my usual, like a you know action RPG kind of uh, control expectations, uh, which meant that I was constantly almost using a potion, because you would think Square, you know, your X button is your uh, main attack button, but in Monster Hunter, that is to use an item. Uh, whatever you have set. And so I was having to uh, you know, constantly brush up against that. Uh, so, But I eventually figured it out for the most part. Mm. Uh, did a couple of easy quests and then decided, like, let's just go for one of the big guys, uh, which was fighting off a bit more than I could chew, but mm. I eventually got it. Uh, it was this, I forget what it was called, um, but it's a uh, Big firebird that likes to fight on one of its legs. Uh, mm-hmm. In a very weird, like, karate kid style. Uh, it likes to uh, use the other leg to kick you or do spinning kicks and weird stuff. Uh, and I had to figure out that interface because it showed me in the, I think it was R3 you had to push to uh, have it focus on, like, the three main monsters that were on the map and me just starting. Uh, was not sure which one was the target for the quest, uh, so I had to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't too big of an issue, but uh, the other nice thing is that you also have a, uh, a palico and a palamute, uh, basically uh, an anthropomorphic cat and a dog uh, that you can uh, fight with. The dog you can run, uh, ride on and get around a bit more quickly, all that kind of stuff, uh, so that's pretty nice change of pace like get get you around a little faster in uh the world uh than you would in world mm-hmm. uh, so that's been pretty nice it has a nice style to it a little bit more kind of watercolor style to a lot of its art in this game so it gives it kind of a fresh style on on a pc uh and the cool thing with the pc version is they have options to say like hey what do you want your buttons to look like you don't want to be uh, all your button prompts to be, you know, 
uh, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PS4, PS5, or Switch, mm-hmm. uh, which was nice. I think the only issue is that it only loads that when I load my character. So I say like Xbox until I get my DualSense buttons, uh, that kind of thing. A little weird. The game's still got a bit of jank to it, but uh, for the most part, they've ironed over that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the nice thing also jumping into this uh, Monster Hunter Rise now is that they've given you a lot of bonus stuff uh, from the one the one dude in the town uh, that uh, a lot of it is just the various limited time quests they gave out. Uh, but you also get some armor sets and a bunch of materials and items that you can use uh, for potions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I believe that's also in the console versions, the new console versions mm-hmm. as well. So if you're just jumping in, the, that stuff helps make it a lot easier so you don't have to necessarily grind out you know, materials to make basic potions. You'll probably have at least like 50 in your item chest that you can pull out from whenever mm-hmm. you need it. So uh, that helps out a lot for people just getting started in the in those games. So, so the one issue I have is that when you talk to somebody, it takes like 10 seconds before you can click on any other person or to leave the area, that kind of thing. That might be a thing that is because I'm putting this on my regular HDD, HD, uh, yeah, regular hard drive on my PC. I should probably mm-hmm. move it over to my SSD drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's been Monster Hunter Rise, and that's been pretty much it for me. So how about you, Brandon? Well, um, I've pretty much been only playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3 pretty much all week um, because I want to... I, for one thing, I'm really enjoying it, and also because I want to finish it so I can start playing, you know, the the new Persona games that are now available. Um, but, yeah, um, it, it, it's still amazing. Um, and the thing is, it's one of those games where it keeps adding layers on itself. It's, you know, it like, already from the very beginning, it's, it sets you up for, like, a pretty... A pretty dark storyline, considering it's literally about two different countries who basically raise pod people that only have a ten year lifespan to act as soldiers against each other, and their only reward for it is if they live to be ten years, they eventually die again and return to the queen, wherein they can possibly be reborn yet again as a soldier um, but it keeps getting deeper because. And I don't want to spoil too much because there's a lot that happens right around the midway point. But what happens is you eventually discover a community of people called the Lost Numbers who live in a place called the city. And it's located inside the giant sword, which is, you know, the sword of the the huge sword that you see on the cover. It was originally the sword of the Beyond of the Bionis. Um and these are people who were like descendants of a group of individuals, both from those two warring nations, those pod people who defected and decided to go off and start their own movement to try and stop the war. And these are all their descendants living inside this, inside this, uh, this city. And it's amazing because this is literally the first time that the party has seen how people are actually supposed to be like, you know, born, you know, they've seen, seen the life cycle of birth, childhood, adulthood, aging, and then, you know, death. 
naturally. Um, and that's already, like, pretty mind-blowing. But then there's this revelation later on that, like, you know that, you know, the war between the two sides has been going on for a while, but you don't realize just how long it's been going on. And furthermore, you realize that the struggle against them has been a sort of almost a reputi- repetition over and over of a group of people constantly being born again, dying, trying to being born again, and then trying to, you know, start the rebellion or trying to escape from it and then dying again over and over and over. And yeah, it's just, it's so good, you guys. It really is. It's amazing. And it's legitimately a lot of fun. I will say again, though, um, and I said this when I first started playing it, um, if you're a person who doesn't like a bunch of cutscenes in your games, you're not going to like this, because there is a bunch of cutscenes in this game. A lot of them. And some of them can last pretty long. Um, like, close to half an hour. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. So, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, I've been playing um, a bunch of stuff lately. Uh, I'm con- I've continued my uh, indie marathon with Old Man's Journey. Um, mm-hmm game came out a few years ago and it's it's sort of an, an adventure puzzler uh what happens is you play this old man or you, you pretty much just guide him through so this old man receives a letter and he has to just travel um over to you know a, a family member and basically it's, it's it's one of those games where he just uh you pretty much just tell him where to go and then mm-hmm. you have to manipulate the background in such a way where you can go ahead and clear the path so um, during the first part of the game, like you have to go to the go to the hotel, which is beyond these hills, and you actually just control the hills. Um, you just uh, bring them up or down uh, in such a way where the old man can go ahead and walk that direction. Mm-hmm. And um, along the way, there's other things to do. Like um, there's this uh, train track thing where once he gets into the train, you want to make sure that um, the train tracks are clear and that they're connected so that the train can continue to move. And if you're able to um, have the train not stop, you get a trophy. So yeah, uh, another game with a pretty easy platinum that you can beat within like an hour and a half if you want to sit down for all that long. And um, yeah, like th- th- there's there's some pretty good like environmental storytelling going on there. It's a, and, and it's a really, uh, really nice narrative. Um, I also played through The Gardens Between, um, another mm-hmm. indie title. And uh, this one was rather interesting. It, 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 it took a while for me to like really... Um, grasp like what, what what i was doing here and um basically you take control of these uh of these two friends and um you go through like sort of this um isometric path and it's one of those things where again uh you don't really do much as far as controlling these two characters where you just hold left and right and then the the map will just go ahead and generate itself and you have to go ahead and solve these puzzles in order for them to get through so um they start off really simple. Like the first level actually just has you rewind the level so that you can just um, connect these things in order to in order to find your way to the end. And as you get as as you move forward with the game, it just uh, gets a whole lot more complicated. Where you have to pause, um, you have to pause time in certain situations so, uh, in order to open open the path forward. Like this one where you're dealing with leaky pipes, and you have to um, uh, pause time so that when uh, thunder hits, uh, it hits these uh, the, the wet parts of the pipes, and all of a sudden it expands to a 
hit other things and then it, it just opens up the path that way so yeah um a lot of uh interesting puzzlery there um that was a pretty fun one you can probably beat it within like three hours maybe even more if you just like you know don't really know what to do and um yeah um as for new stuff um have a couple of games for review uh the first of which is um a place for the unbound and this one was um uh, made by an indonesian developer and it's sort of a uh, slice of life um side scrolling game where it's pretty much like a point and click style so yeah there's some side scrolling um but there isn't really that much action it's a matter of like doing fetch quests and things like that and it's interesting because there, there, there there's a whole lot of like deep felt uh friendship and, and and heartache here um the, the the first chapter of the game uh deals with um a little girl who is writing a story um but isn't really allowed outside just because of, like, of like an over strict parent and things like that and then eventually as the game moves forward to the um to the current time uh you find that his girlfriend has like these powers and the more that she uses her powers uh the more she hurts herself. So um, I'm only about two chapters through. Uh, this developer is really known for having really, really short games, but I don't really sense when this game will end. It, it might even take more than 10 hours. I don't know yet. And uh, the big thing that I've been playing is Fire Emblem Engage. Um, this game came out on Friday, and for some reason, Target got me my copy early on Wednesday, which I am not complaining, because so far I'm really, really enjoying this one. Um, if If you've started with Fire Emblem with, with Awakening and, you know, just continue to enjoy it with Three Houses and whatnot, uh, this one is going to be different in the sense where it really goes back to its roots here. Um, the weapon triangle is back. Uh, in the previous games, it, it didn't really matter. And by the weapons triangle, I'm talking about swords beating lances, um, lance beating swords, and... Uh, no, sorry, sorry. Swords beating axes, axes beating lances, and lances beating swords. Um, and it matters way more now because... Uh, in most opportunities, if you hit your opponent's weakness, uh, all of a sudden they're disarmed for the whole turn. And it really opens up another sense of difficulty in the game because, you know, if, if you're someone who's been playing Fire Emblem for a while, mm. uh, you'd be used to the formula where, like, yeah, you have your main character, but all of a sudden he'll be escorted by um, a character in a more advanced class. And even though, like, this person, this character can own, they're really... Um, weak when you compare them to like characters that you actually raise from the beginning um and then evolve them at the end so um yeah the the story really isn't much to write home about um you're dealing with like um your typical fire emblem dragons and like random deaths and kingdoms and and whatnot and honestly it's it's not much to write home about and my main complaint so far is the um the voice acting um i'm dealing with a lot of characters who seem like I think they'll be evil, and then all of a sudden, like, no, they're really good, and then they die. So it's like, oh, okay. Um, I don't really know who to trust because I don't really understand the tone of voices uh, that they're making here. But I will say that on the, on the Switch OLED, uh, this game looks absolutely fantastic. It is easily one of the better-looking games on the Switch, which is definitely a far cry from what I've been used to as of late with Pokemon, um, um, with the, the, the latest Pokemon games. So... Yeah, it's it, it's really been enjoyable so far, and if you've been a fan of Fire Emblem since the beginning, this should scratch that itch if you thought that the last few were a little easy, because they were. Um, I'm only in Chapter 6, and I've died more than a few times, and I'm playing on uh, normal mode with Permadeath on, and yeah, it's pretty punishing, um, but at the same time, like this is pure Fire Emblem, and I'm really enjoying it. And that's about it. 
All right. So, yeah, let's get to some news here. Mm -hmm. Uh, First up, we got Power Watch Simulator finally coming out for uh, PS5, PS4, and Switch on January 31st. Mm-hmm. Alongside a big new content update uh, featuring a Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. uh, this is a like a group of five special maps. So those will be in the special map section of the game, where you will be essentially, uh, you know, getting hired by Laura, I guess, to clean up her mansion and some of her vehicles and all that. Uh, I believe the uh, the little bits they've showed here, you know, there's uh, the outside of the manor uh, mm-hmm. for that. That's uh, pretty easy to understand. I think a couple of vehicles, uh, as well as some interior stuff, especially cleaning up her, uh, like, museum area of all the artifacts she's stolen. Yep. Uh, so that's uh, another neat thing. I guess when you just kill a T-Rex, you're just like, I'll just keep it mm-hmm. instead of, like, give it to, you know, scientists to uh, study, you know, a T-Rex that was living mm-hmm. in modern times. So, you know, there's lots of weird stuff with that that you could explore as a uh, a commentary on, you know, the British's, uh, you know, proclivity to stealing uh, ancient artifacts from other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they probably won't because it's Power Wash Simulator. It's not going to go that deep in story stuff, but... Uh, it's at least a, a bit of a surprising thing, probably a partnership that they were working on before Square Enix sold off yeah. uh, all their Eidos stuff. Uh, but still fun that they got to finish it and uh, are putting it out for free. It's a free update on January 31st alongside uh, the other new version. So I'm curious to see like what, uh, if they have you know gyro support on the on the new consoles here and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the devs have put up a an FAQ page uh, for this announcement that uh, says like there's no crossplay with the new platforms, as uh, only between the Xboxes and uh, PC versions, mm. uh, unfortunately. Uh, but that's all I think it mentions really. Uh, also, that the the research edition, if you have it on Steam. Uh, that if you you know play enough of it, you unlock a bunch of new items for uh, the game whenever they're done. Uh, that'll also be part of this update. Mm. Uh, so that's another nice thing that comes with this. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Uh, more people can check out this uh, great weird game. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how it does on those platforms. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, something mm-hmm. to check out. Uh, that'll be uh what's next tuesday on the 31st so that'll be fun uh also happening on the 31st jet the far shore is getting a free expansion campaign mm-hmm. uh what are they calling it here given time uh mm. campaign that takes place three years following the end of the events of jet the far shore mm-hmm. uh so that's cool it'll be a free update for uh, the PlayStation and PC versions mm-hmm. uh, for people to check out. It's something they've been, if you're on their newsletter, uh, they've been talking about having some new campaign stuff in this game. So this is nice bonus uh, stuff. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason to uh, check it out. 
Mm. Uh, oh yeah, there's a there's an event happening this week uh, that I did not get. I did not see any articles about it. Uh, just reminded seeing on Gamatsu here. Uh, Thunderful Games is hosting a SteamWorld Telegraph special broadcast on the 23rd, January 23rd, mm. tomorrow, where they're going to talk about uh, whatever's next for the SteamWorld franchise. All right. Uh, probably talking about the the big 3D game they announced a while ago that they haven't talked about. Yeah. Uh, as well as maybe some other stuff. I don't know if there's a new Dig game in the works or anything, but uh, that'll be fun. Uh Basically happen at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern Time and 9 o'clock Pacific mm. on their YouTube channel. Uh, so I'll be working, but I'll be curious to see what uh, what happens there. Uh, so there you go for something that's a little more immediate. Uh, let's see. Also happening, let's see, next week. That'll be February 2nd on Groundhog Day Fashion Police Squad. Mm-hmm. Coming to basically everything. Uh PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, it's out on PC now. It is basically a retro-style first-person shooter mm-hmm. uh, where you're shooting people, but not to kill them, nope. uh, but to replace their uh, shitty style with uh, something fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in the trailer I was watching this, uh, when you, you know, Empty out their life bar. Uh, it pops up something uh, like yes or fabulous, you know, uh, something like that as they get introduced to their new outfit, you know, dashing, you know, all that kind of stuff as you're, you know, sniper shooting people in the new outfits, all this kind of weird stuff. Uh, very silly game. Uh, looks pretty neat uh, for what mm-hmm. it is. Uh, so, yeah, if you're looking for something humorous to check out. Uh, that one seems like something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fashion police squad. Yeah. There you go. Uh, next up here. Oh yeah. Sony's got a big game coming out in a few weeks. Returnal is hitting PC on February 15th. Mm. Uh, they've also posted, you know, uh, recommended specs for all the different, uh, uh, tiers of, uh, whatever recommended specs they have here. And they are pretty beefy uh, for uh, what you might expect out of this game. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, at the very least, you need at least 16 gigs of RAM. Uh, and for the 4K modes, uh, you'll need 32 gigs of RAM, uh, as well as it seems like about 60 gigs of hard mm-hmm. drive space, uh, while also recommending SSD for... Uh, pretty much every tier of this. And you have some pretty beefy graphics cards as well uh, for that stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, seemingly like one of those first big games uh, coming from the new consoles that uh, mm-hmm. you will need to uh, have you know your shit and gear on PC if you want to play it to its fullest. Oh, yes. Um, that game is... You would be surprised how... Graphics heavy. That game actually is. Um, yeah. Especially considering that you know the most of the environments are just kind of a drab blue. But either way, yeah, it's a it's a fantastic game, and yeah. I'm glad people are finally getting a chance to play it outside of the PS5 because uh, it is it is a hell of a game. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and they don't mention any of these uh, tiers as 30 FPS. They're all 60 mm-hmm. FPS. Uh, the middle one's 720p at 60 FPS, uh, which is pretty reasonable for what it has, but it's still, you know, SSD and all that, 16 gigs of uh, RAM and all that. So, yeah, uh, it's a game that people should definitely check out, and it seems like they'll fully support the dual sense. Uh, with the haptic feedback and adaptive trigger stuff mm. uh, that you've seen on the PS5 version. So that's great. That's a, a game that uses that controller really well. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, great news where people can check out that. And they kept the the train of good news going as they revealed 13 new titles for PlayStation VR 2, as well as... Uh, a good look at the launch lineup. I think still there are a couple things that have been announced since then as devs are just finishing up their work to be ready for launch or soon after to mm-hmm. uh, announce stuff that's this whole lineup's in flux still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they first off go into Gran Turismo 7, which got announced at CES and you know confirmed that it is the full game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only mode that it doesn't support is split screen, and that's for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, because you know you're not going to be able to do split screen uh, in VR. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, let's see. Before your eyes, uh, this is, I guess, like a, a narrative game yeah. of sorts. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah, from Skybound Games. There's Kayak VR Mirage. Uh, I think this just came out on PlayStation VR uh, pretty recently in the past few months. Uh, this is a game where you're, you know, in a kayak exploring these uh, different areas. Uh, they say Antarctica, Costa Rica, Norway, Australia, uh, doing a bunch of stuff there. I think that one might be crossed by. Uh, they don't always mention it in the descriptions here. Uh, but there's that. Let's see. There's Pavlov, which is sort of a hardcore military shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been pretty popular on PC VR. Uh, it's coming to PSVR 2 now. Mm. Uh, so that's good. Uh, there's Puzzling Places. This came out on PSVR like a year or two ago. It's a uh, essentially like a 3D jigsaw puzzle game, essentially, mm-hmm. where you're putting together these little dioramas. Uh, in 3D space. Mm. Uh, so that'll be a free upgrade for people on the PSVR version. Uh, and that'll be a launch title. And they talk about all the stuff they're supporting with the haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, mm-hmm. eye tracking uh, for uh, yeah, selecting different pieces you want to grab, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they have a 1,000-piece puzzle in this new version, so... Uh, Song in the Smoke, which came out a few years ago from 17-bit, uh, is getting a rekindled version. Hmm. They're upgrading it, uh, the visuals and all that stuff. Uh, so that'll be a free upgrade. Uh, there's Synth Riders Remastered Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, another game from PSVR that's getting an upgrade, uh, free upgrade, uh, all that. So that's cool to see. Uh, Thumper is also coming. Hmm. Uh, that is uh, the I think they call it hardcore rhythm action uh, violence yeah Hmm. pure rhythm violence is a a way they describe this game Uh, it's basically a rhythm game where 
you are traveling down this like note highway, uh, trying to do the right things to counter the the various attacks and obstacles that the uh, the demonic god or whatever it's at the end of the the highway is trying to do to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they've talked about that. It's getting a PS5 and PS. VR2 upgrades. You can play it in 2D if you want. Mm. Uh, they're still figuring out pricing details, but I think they've said it's going to be an upgrade, uh, paid upgrade for that. So they're still working on that. Now there's NFL Pro Era. Uh, this is the first NFL VR game uh, where you're playing as the quarterback, uh, picking plays to run and throwing to your wide receivers or you know running back or whatever. Uh, the player requires supposed to be pretty good, uh, so that's cool. I think it's going to be a free upgrade if you already own it on PSVR. So there's that. I didn't even know it was on the regular PSVR. I actually played that in London. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh, again. It's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, let's see. There's what the bat. Uh, if you know the game, what the golf. This is the follow up, but in VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a a very silly slapstick comedy game. Uh, for people that uh, don't care about baseball, but enjoy uh, probably the idea of hitting stuff with baseball bats, I assume. Mm-hmm. You're doing a lot of it's It's a very subversive kind of game because, like, uh, what the golf would have, you know, some of your first couple, you know, holes would be, you know, knocking a ball through, you know, the course to the, the hole. And it would be like, all right, you try to swing your golf club and you're actually swinging your your golfer. And then got to get the golfer into the hole and does a lot of weird stuff as you go. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. So it seems like we're going to do a lot of that same kind of stuff, but in, you know, 3D and, and VR. So that's cool. A uh, bit of a surprise there. Uh, then Enhance is bringing Res Infinite to PlayStation VR 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as the PS5. Uh, big upgrade for that. Uh, $10 upgrade uh, for that. That'll be there at launch. That's cool. Uh, they also mentioned that the eye tracking stuff uh, can be used to control the cursor mm-hmm. uh, instead of just, you know, analog sticks or your, uh, the way that you would do it in VR is you would, you know, aim your head. Uh, so instead of having to move your head around, you can just look around with your eye with that stuff. So that's cool. Uh, they're also bringing Tetris Effect connected to PlayStation VR 2, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the PS5 uh, with an upgrade for 10 bucks at launch. So that's cool. Mm. Uh, yeah, more reasons to check that game out because that is a fantastic Tetris game. Yep. Uh, let's see, Creed Rise to Glory Championship Edition. This is an upgraded version of uh, Creed Rise to Glory. I guess. Uh, yeah, that'll be yeah releasing around the same time that the new Creed movie is coming out. Creed Three. Uh, that's the movie's out March third. I think this will be out for launch uh, for PlayStation VR two. Uh, so it has, you know, uh, uh, all the characters from the original game, as well as, I assume, some new ones from the new movie. Uh, so that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's a free upgrade. I think it's technically uh, a new game. I don't know. Uh, the Last Clockwinder is a puzzle automation game about making synchronized contraptions out of your own clones. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I don't think that's been out on PSVR before, but 
that's coming to uh, launch as well. And so they show a big list here for uh, the launch lineup or launch window lineup. They're technically calling it because there's a couple of these games that are launch windows. So they may be out at launch day. They might be out, you know, a few days later, a few weeks later. Uh, be others after the fall. I'll tell your breaker before your eyes. Cities VR, Cosmonius High, Creed Rise to Glory Championship Edition, the Dark Pictures Switchback. Uh, that one has a fucked up thing with the eye tracking where uh, there'll be some enemies where every time you close your eyes, they move closer to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just fucked up thing to do to people. Uh, that's launch window. Creed's launch window before your eyes is launch window. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Demio, that's that like D&D tabletop kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Discronia, Chronos Alternate, Fantavision 2020X, Grand Terms of Sevens, uh, a free update to the PS5 version. Uh, for that, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Job Simulator, which the Alchemy Labs confirmed is a free upgrade if you owned it on PSVR, uh, Jurassic World Aftermath, Kayak VR Mirage, Kizuna AI, Touch the Beat, the last Clockwinder, the Light Brigade. Uh, that is cross by, so it's you know launching on February twenty second. So you'll get both versions. Uh, Moss One Two Remaster, which is not in not a free upgrade. It's not a paid upgrade. You have to rebuy it, mm. which I think that decision makes them look not as great. I was thinking about maybe getting the bundle of both of those, uh, but seeing you know Tetris. Uh, Thumper and uh, Rez getting like paid upgrades uh, for just ten bucks. Uh, the Thumper isn't announced just yet, but I, I assume it'll probably be like ten bucks. Uh, yeah. That makes Moss One and Two the that Deb Polyarch. Maybe it's the other tactical error yeah. on their part, making that uh, a little more expensive to uh, play those games on the new hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, NFL Pro era, yeah, that's a free upgrade. No Man's Sky launch window. That's an up- update for the PS5 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pavlov VR Pistol Whip, which is a free upgrade if you own it on PSVR. Puzzling Places is a free upgrade. Resident Evil Village is a free update for the PS5 version. Uh, Resident Infinite, which is a paid upgrade. Song in the Smoke, which I believe is supposed to be a free upgrade. Mm-hmm. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition. Uh, Synth Riders is a free upgrade. The Tale of Onogoro is uh, coming out Tentacular uh, also coming Tetris Effect is a paid upgrade Thumper is a paid upgrade Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Chapter 2 Retribution that's launch window Vacation Simulator is a free upgrade uh, With the Bats and Zenith The Last City is a free upgrade mm. uh, pretty good lineup it's kind of full of some of the greatest hits of what has been popular on PlayStation VR and PC VR stuff, mm-hmm. as well as some new things uh, that makes for a pretty good lineup. And this is not all of it because their devs confirming things uh, even after they announce this stuff and making mm-hmm. it. Makes it look like it's going to have a pretty strong start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum there. Like, um, I do appreciate the fact that there's a lot of games in this lineup and there's really no, no l- limit to anything that you can get here. Um, but yeah, I, I I do like that a lot of the upgrades are free, especially like you know if you're somebody that had a PSVR and like um, had the opportunity to play all that a lot of these games but didn't have the opportunity to finish them, um, 
and it's it's sort of the solution to you know um, the, the main criticism of uh, the lack of backward compatibility just due to the different hardware involved. Um, but yeah, um, it is it is it is, um, it is disappointing to see that a lot of the or not a lot, but a, a few of the more marquee um, games that were available previous gen are um, paid upgrades, uh, specifically Moss and like games like Tetris and whatnot. Because like these are the games that I had like the most fun on PSVR, and like you know, it's not exactly the cheapest uh, investment. Like you know, mm. getting a PSVR two is more expensive than getting a PS five itself, and like you would hope yeah. that you know you'd, you'd have the opportunity to just get on there easily and luckily like there are games that allow you to do that but you know for the most part it didn't fully happen but mm-hmm. uh you, know, you can't have everything um but hopefully uh this is a, a lineup that uh, a lot of uh early adopters can really enjoy um for me uh, although i'm not getting it day one uh, the one that i'm most looking forward to is the horizon game but um mm. yeah we'll see. yeah yeah i think some of these are paid because the devs are putting in extra work to get them upgraded and also they're not VR exclusives uh, for Thumper, Tetris and Res Infinite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people with just regular PS5s can get in on those as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool for them. And also Enhanced does a great job with their stuff so I'd, I'm more than fine giving them an extra 20 bucks to upgrade those games mm-hmm. uh, for that stuff as I still wait for whatever they're doing next. Uh, I think they're still working on that humanity game. Mm-hmm. They got announced a few years ago. Uh, so yeah, uh, they put out a weird tweet on their on their the, the humanity games Twitter account. Like, oh, you probably figured out we're not coming out in 2022. It's like, all right, I guess they've been doing that at the end of every year that they haven't been able to release in. Uh, and that was a PS4 PSVR game, so mm. I assume that's going to be upgraded to be on PS5. And PSVR too, mm. uh, but yeah, this is a pretty solid lineup. Uh, I think for people that you know enjoyed their PlayStation VRs, uh, people that probably bought more than they could play, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully have uh, some stuff here that they can uh, upgrade for free uh, on launch day. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting my headset in here. Uh, that'll be next month, uh, February 22nd. Uh, it's January 22nd right now, so that's just one month away. Mm. Uh, I'll try and stream as much of this stuff as I can for what I can afford. Mm. Uh, should be getting a decent amount for free here, uh, for free upgrades and such. But, yeah, that'll be a, a fun couple of streams to do, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. PlayStation VR 2 looking like it'll have a pretty strong start uh, for that. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, team that's not having a great time uh, mm-hmm. Ace Games Ace Team uh, working on Clash Artifacts of Chaos I mentioned this in our uh, first quarter of 2023 release preview mm-hmm. uh, this was a game that was supposed to come out February 9th uh, it is basically uh, the world of Xenoclash but in a Souls-like mm-hmm. uh, which is a very interesting uh, way to take that series Oh, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, they said, hey, we're not going to be able to make it February 9th. Uh, they're planning now to release on March 9th. Mm-hmm. Which I'm looking at that uh, release list. Well, Skull and Bones is not releasing that day, so that's a much easier day for them. Mm. Uh, that's Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, and Oni Road to be the Mightiest Oni. Mm. Uh, so much less competition there. 
uh, for that time frame. I think the week after that is yeah, Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure and maybe Bayonetta Origins. That might be the week after, technically. Mm. Not sure. No, that'll be the week before that. Okay, so. And The Last of Us Part 1 on PC and Wolong Fallen Dynasty is uh, the week before, so they're falling into a pretty good slot there for releases, but yeah, uh, if you were looking forward to that, you'll have to wait uh, another month. Uh, hopefully that game is in pretty good shape, so it's worth the extra month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go for that. Uh, next up, we got a big surprise. EA is finally launching one of their games, uh, big sports games they announced a while ago. Yeah. Uh, the NCAA games still MIA for a while. Yep. Uh, but uh, their PGA Tour game uh, is finally coming out March 24th. Mm. Uh, only for the new consoles and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll be a $70 game. Uh, so cool that they are finally getting a new one of those out. Mm-hmm. Not letting 2K just run away with the uh, PGA golf you know, sim mm. thing here. But I think they have exclusivity over the majors for the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Masters Tournament, PGA Championship, U.S. Open Championship, and the Open Championship. So there you go. I think there's been some previews coming out for this game. Seems like it's going to be pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's neat. Uh, though if you want to spend more money, you can get a $85 version that has three days early access and some extra cosmetics. Mm. and Whatever premium PGA Tour points are, an XP bundle and yeah, some extra gear. Oh yeah. So probably not worth it, but uh the game itself seems like it'll be pretty solid. Uh for what that is. Uh so yeah, there you go. Yep. New golf game, big golf game. Mm-hmm. Uh finally competition in one of these sports. As many of them are single company uh, mm-hmm. sports competition. So yeah. There you go. And for uh, more bad news, mm-hmm. uh, not surprising bad news, uh, Marvel's nope. Avengers is on its last legs. Yeah, what a shot. Yeah, they've announced that their last update will be out March 31st, version 2.8. Uh, let's see, it will not add any new content. So it'll deliver final balance updates. And yeah, it'll turn off the cosmetics marketplace. Essentially, mm-hmm. All the cosmetic items that uh, have been going up in the shop, changing out every day, every week, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that will be free. All the outfits, takedowns, emotes, and nameplates mm. uh, will be free for all players starting on March 31st. So that's cool. Yeah. They're not going to charge people for that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe if you do have the paid currency in the game, that'll be getting... Uh, converted to in-game resources. I think if you look up uh, the FAQ for this update, uh, they will tell you what the conversion is for that. So that'll at least give you a little bit of benefit there. And then the official supports uh, for the game will end completely on September 30th. And that includes delisting the game. Uh, Single-player, multiplayer will still be playable. Uh, but yeah, you just will not be able to purchase it from digital storefronts anymore hmm. uh, for that. And yeah, kind of the end to a game that uh, was aiming to be the be all end all of 
you know, comic games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was a game that was made for, you know, a live service environment that did not back it up with, you know, the the content to, yeah, you know, deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the whole handling of the release was very, very much maligned. It comes with a very, um, actually, a, a really interesting single player mode that eventually branches out into the multiplayer mode. And then from there, it was just, like, confusion from beginning to end. Like, uh, at the very beginning, um, you could only use, like, one of each character. And at the time, there weren't very many characters to use in the first place. And that was just a mess. Then they eventually fixed it and had you use, like, whoever you want. So if you want to have four hulks, by all means. And, like, people were also finding um, entries into certain content that they weren't able to get until, like, last month. And remember, this game has been out, like, almost, like, three or four years. So yeah, it's, it's it's been a huge mess ever since, and like they really, you, you could tell that there was actually some effort there, especially with the content roadmaps and their uh, treasure trove events. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you know, with with a game like this, you have to continuously uh, trudge out content, and then this combined with the fact that uh, Square Enix pretty much got rid of uh, Idols Interactive, uh, pretty much confirmed the writing on the wall there. I'm sure the embracer can go ahead and continue to. Uh, afford to support the game, but continuing uh, the going with the fact that the uh, population can continue to dwindle every day, it, it didn't do it in any favor. So the the uh, announcement had to come sooner than later. Um, but aside from all that, um, they're doing a good thing with the uh, with the with the refocus on the microtransactions here by making you be able to trade them all in for resources and make all of the costumes free because that's what people wanted in the first place to pay, pay mm-hmm. for it free. Like you have access to them and um, they're also still going to continue to like, you know, keep the servers up. Like we don't know when they'll die, but you know, for the foreseeable future, you could, you could still play it. So that, that, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to pull an overwatch and be like, ah, oh, that game doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. If your disc it's, it's, it's technically overwatch two now, but mm-hmm. You know, if you were hoping to get those trophies and achievements, uh, you're screwed. Yeah. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, at least the, the campaign for Marvel's Avengers is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a game that didn't need all the loot that it has, uh, especially when it's not cosmetic loot anyway. Mm. But, yeah, you'll be able to get all these costumes for free, so at least you'll be able to mess around with that stuff uh, and play it, play it at your own pace, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming they'll have it on sale at some point before September 30th, so might be a good time to grab it. Unless they're trying to charge more than they should for it. Mm. Uh, if they put that on sale for like 10 or 20 bucks, I think people would buy it. Mm. Uh, knowing that they're going to get, you know, not have to grind out currency or anything for that, all that free cosmetic stuff Oh yeah, anymore. Uh, that'll be nice for them. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Marvel's Avengers is finally ending its suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's see here. Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly uh, finally has a release date of April 20th mm. uh, for everything. All the PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC, three different storefronts on PC. So you'll be able to get that almost anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the uh, sort of chill narrative game uh, where you're a barista at a coffee shop that uh, has a, a wide variety of clientele. Oh yeah, of you know, 
orcs and uh, Punisher humans. Uh, who else? Uh, a bunch of variety of like, uh, yeah, elves and uh, succubus. Uh, um, a bunch of different people that are of various fantasy races. Yeah, uh, to talk about their their problems, their their you know happiness, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, as you you know mix up uh, coffees and hot chocolates and teas and all that stuff for them. Mm. Uh, pretty fun, chill game. Yeah, Let's check it out. Uh, the first one. Mm. Uh, there's gonna be more of it. Especially because I think the the original creator of the game passed away mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Uh, so they are finishing up that work. I don't know if the, the team's going to keep working on more of these. Mm. I assume you're not naming this episode two to be like, ah, we're done. Uh, but cool that they got the chance to finish that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In- that's it for the date stuff, but we do have some more news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, Stadia has died. Uh, it's done. Yep. No more having to care about it. It's gone forever. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's taken some games with it. Uh, one such game, Gunsport, was a multiplayer uh, like cyberpunk volleyball game, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, a 2D volleyball game that Necrosoft made uh, was unfortunately unable to really properly like port it anywhere, but they did make a sequel that came out fairly recently last year, uh, mm-hmm. Hyper Gun Sport. And for uh, the Steam version, they figured out a way to essentially sneak Gun Sport into an update uh, so that you could play it if you check out one of the beta branches. Mm-hmm. Uh, for it's an offline version, so you can play local uh, for that. Because I don't think they intend to go back to it to you know reconfigure how its online stuff is done or anything like yeah. that. Uh, but they have made that available for free for people that own Hypergun Sport on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like a neat little backdoor way to uh, preserve that game for people. Uh, so that's cool. I'm curious to see if we'll get uh, any more of those Stadia exclusives making its way elsewhere, mm. uh, either officially or unofficially. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. We'll yep. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out that game, that's you no longer have a way to check out. So there you go. Mm. And uh, let's see. Oh yeah, something awesome to happen. Awesome games done quick. Uh, just ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, here last weekend, and yeah, they had 150 speed runs for that broke world records. Yep, uh, cool thing. Uh, they raised uh, funds for Prevent the Prevent Cancer Foundation, mm-hmm. and managed to raise 2.6 million dollars. Mm. Uh, a great uh, amount of money for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I watched uh, a number of the runs here. Uh, there's one for Power Wash Simulator. That was pretty neat. Uh, that was just a six-player run uh, using the online co-op uh, where they use the tri-tip nozzle, and they had to work a very specific way uh, because apparently that that specific nozzle mm-hmm. causes lag on the server. 
Yeah. Uh, so if people start trying to clean a thing before everybody's loaded in, uh, the person that's, you know, appears last has to like re download the dirt and it slows everything down. Mm-hmm. So they, they spend a lot of time just like, all right, reload it in, get into position and just start going nuts on the thing. Six people. It just goes real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget how long it was, but that one set a world record for that kind of run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you were to play it solo through the campaign, it's still like seven, eight hours, something like that mm. per run. But yeah, there's lots of short runs, lots of longer runs. Uh, was one crowd stasis I was watching. That was a cool one. That's a, a very janky Eastern European uh, first person shooters, like horror game mm-hmm. uh, set on a boat. I think made by see the Eastern European or Russian dev or whatever, but yeah. I like the runs where like we put it in the the Spanish dub because that's like thirty seconds faster than everything else, um, and they basically just glitch through the walls and just mm-hmm. jump down on the walls, mm-hmm. uh, the boundaries of the of the level to like skip yeah. hours worth of content in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. That's fun, uh, especially when one of the commentators like, yeah, I just played it like casually through the game for the first time, uh, and it's like this was like an hour and he beat it in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff that's always fun but yeah uh, you can go check out the GDQ YouTube channel to check out a lot of these things mm-hmm. uh, there's some I, I skipped over because it's like oh I want to play that I don't want to get spoiled on things for as much as you can get spoiled in some of these uh, mm-hmm. so there's generally like two different kinds of speed runs there's the ones that are like legit playthroughs uh, versus ones that they find skips and glitches and bugs and such to exploit that let them skip large chunks of the game yeah uh and so yeah if you see ones that are longer uh that's why because there are a lot of ways that they don't aren't able to skip things mm-hmm. at least as far as they know yeah uh, it's fun when they talk about like oh there was somebody that's just playing this game and they just managed to find a skip that nobody else did mm. uh, all that kind of fun stuff so yeah there you go uh, every one of their events is great because they uh, do a great job of focusing on inclusivity and getting rid of shitty people mm-hmm. and uh, raise money for good charities. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, capitalism is not a charity. Nope. Uh, Ubisoft, one of them, mm-hmm. uh, they you know, canceled games last week uh, yeah. and delayed Skull and Bones. And their way they handled that internally seemed to be pretty shitty. Yeah. Uh, Yves Guillermo basically sending a meeting or uh, sending memos out that essentially said, uh, blamed it on the the workers. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like, oh, we need to, you know, uh, be very fiscally responsible and not waste our money and time and all this. And it's like, what do you mean they have to do that? You guys are the ones with the purse springs making the decisions for what to green lights and mm-hmm. leading to the situation where you've canceled, you know, seven or eight games in the past year. Yeah. Uh, and delaying a bunch repeatedly. Uh, and so, yeah, they had like a Q and a with the uh, uh, devs around the company and it did not go well for Eve's. Nope. Um, <laughs> no, it did not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, he had, let's see. Yeah, after the the balls in your court 
like memo. Uh, somebody said here, the ball is now in our court. For years, it has been your, in your court. So why did you mishandle the ball so badly? So we, the workers, have to fix it for you. Uh, let's see what else did they have to say. Uh, he opened the meeting, Eve, uh, saying, I heard your feedback, and I'm sorry this was perceived that way. Which is not really an apology there. Uh, nope. Saying, I'm sorry you got that impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, when saying the ball's in your court to deliver our lineup on time at the expected level of quality, I wanted to convey the idea that more than ever, I need your talent and energy to make it happen. This is a collective journey that starts, of course, with myself and with the leadership team to create the conditions for all of us to succeed together. Uh, yeah, while that seemed to help some people, others still feel it like they're out of touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just using buzzwords to make it seem like they know what they're doing. Uh, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a, a great way to handle that stuff. And I believe, what is it? Ubisoft Paris is has at least a union for some of its people, if not all. Mm-hmm. They were basically calling for like a half-day strike to uh, raise awareness of the concerns that they have for pay and all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like making demands for like a 10% raise mm-hmm. for everybody and a, f- a move to a four-day work week. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is definitely a lot to ask for, but also... That's kind of what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You start there and then maybe work your way down. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, maybe you don't get 10%, but maybe you get 5%. Mm-hmm. And that's at least something to get. Yeah, it's just a mess all around. You know, we talked about it last week. Uh, Ubisoft is a company with a lot of IP that people care about. But, you know, it's it, it's it's being done in such a way where there's really no room for creative variety and then when you think it's going to be there you don't know what, what, what the progress what the progress is like i don't know how long we've been waiting for beyond good and evil 2 i don't know how mm-hmm. long we've been waiting for a rayman uh with assassin's creed they're going backwards but it might be a good thing you know going back to like the way assassin's creed was originally um developed but um yeah uh Gimo is doing absolutely no favors uh his response seems totally tone deaf like he mm takes what he says and brings it back but all of a sudden makes it worse again like yeah um i know that english is not this guy's first language and that's definitely a struggle but it all goes back to the fact that the leaders are not doing their employees like you know the 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 proper service and like you know treatment they deserve in order to really make a good game and at the end of the day like you know the studio heads are you know um, pretty much choosing what games are being developed when ubisoft has a proud history of things being made here um mm-hmm. the, the, the they, were, they were saying mario and rabbits like didn't sell uh according to uh, expectation but that's also a game that's you know, 20 bucks within three weeks of release people know that so you know you would hope that the valuable ip they work with remain valuable but it, it's just not uh this quote here about you know far cry 6 not being um uh, not being diverse enough yet, yet at the same time. Like I thought it was a solid game, but it didn't it, it didn't do enough. Like all that is is, is incredibly accurate. So mm-hmm. you know, I really feel for the employees here and what they're dealing with, and I hope they turn it around. But it's tough to see that happening in the immediate future with the Eskimo in charge. Yeah, yeah, and uh, with layoffs happening all around uh, the industry and companies around the uh, this country and the world, uh, I think Ubisoft is planning to not. Lay off people, but essentially not hire people. 
mm-hmm. and just let them sort of naturally annoy people enough to they to them leaving and then not you know rehiring people or hiring people to replace them mm-hmm. like just bleed off the the people that don't want to be there i guess mm-hmm. which i guess is a way to go through that yeah uh, and also you have less to do with like severance uh uh and all that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. But hey, uh, that's a company that has a lot of people uh, for the past year or so. Not a ton to show for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, speaking of companies with a lot of people, Microsoft, uh, they had a big thing happen this week, which is that they uh, laid off 10,000 people yeah. at the company, uh, a bunch of them at Xbox. I think 343 Industries and The Coalition mm-hmm. and Bethesda Game Studios also had a bunch of people get laid off. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, they plan to finish laying the full 10,000 off by quarter. Th- uh, yeah, Q3 of this year. Mm-hmm. So still not even done with that, but at least 878 positions in Microsoft's Washington location has been cut. Uh, and yeah, the way they've been talking about this is not great. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's very much in the vein of infinite growth capitalism, mm-hmm. where they're still looking at growth this year, but it's slower than last year. So that means they got to cut people out, yeah, uh, to make up for some of that money. And this has nothing to do with the Activision Blizzard acquisition, because you would mm-hmm. not be laying off this many people to make way for the you know roughly ten thousand people that Activision Blizzard has. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not how that stuff would work. Um, and this also isn't related to the pandemic, like the, the hiring they've done since the pandemic started. Yeah. That's another narrative. A lot of these companies put out as like, Oh, we overhired. It's like, no, you're Microsoft. You can afford to keep these people around. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe cut out, you know, less uh, than 10,000 people, but you know, 10,000 is a lot to do, especially when they're, doing over the course of this most of this year. Um, this is just because they want to cut off uh, the fat, uh, about 5% of their total workforce mm-hmm. uh, with that. Uh, uh, at least it seems like they are doing well by these people as far as severance, mm-hmm. uh, like six months of severance and extended you know, health care, uh, that kind of stuff. I think stock stuff as well has been extended for quite a while for them. So they're not going to be, you know, essentially just getting the boot and nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good at least. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not great for uh, conveniently coming up on Wednesday, the developer direct. I'm, I'm assuming they did not lay off anybody that's going to be in any of those videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that because that would be a big shit show mm-hmm. uh, but also still a shit show having a developer direct after you've you know laid off at least dozens of developers mm-hmm. yeah i mean the timing there is absolutely terrible you know like you mentioned with the developer direct coming up and ever since microsoft made the layoff um i don't uh, i don't know if this is the case but i haven't seen any um statement or anything from phil spencer who you know like uh, the the majority of us think he's 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 a great guy and has been awesome for uh xbox's forward momentum 
But, you know, with all the growth that we've seen Xbox do, especially with all the acquisitions they've been making, and, and to all of a sudden have these layoffs in studios such as 343 um, and a whole bunch of other, like, you know, um, studios that we've known Xbox to be the, the brand name for, it's it's, 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 it's kind of heartbreaking. Um, that being said, like, yeah, it's it's been rough for tech in general over these past few months. Like, it's it's pretty stupid that the silver lining in all this is that at least they weren't fired over the holidays. But at the end of the day, a lost job is a lost job. And these aren't small layoffs. These are, you know, 5% is a huge number. A thousand people is a huge number. If you like, if you were to take everybody that's been laid off over the past three months, you can fill an NBA arena. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, sad. Uh, I think there is an email that Phil sent out to, you know, people internally mm-hmm. uh, that's, is just full of a lot of the generic platitudes you expect out of somebody running, uh, you know, company or the, uh, you know, segment of the company mm-hmm. to the people about, you know, uh, being tough to, you know, lay these people off and all that. Um, but yeah, the, the veneer on Phil Spencer is kind of wearing off a bit lately mm-hmm. with this stuff as people realize that he may be the cool CEO, but he's still a CEO. Mm. Uh, that he's still a a guy that lives and works on a scale that you know very few people around get to. Uh, and when he jokes about having you know classified uh, you know tech uh, in his house while doing you know taking you know selfies and whatnot, doing videos, uh, all that's you know mm-hmm. uh, he's still a CEO. He's still the boss man in their company, uh, the Xbox stuff has not had a great time for the uh for so far this generation or last generation since he took over mm-hmm. uh, a lot of development that has not gone great for them plenty that has but and you know the game pass stuff is doing well for them but uh this year is definitely an important year for them to actually get you know games out and show that the all those acquisitions for were for you know for something Mm-hmm. And not for nothing, wasting people's time. And that's part of what that developer direct seems to uh be for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Microsoft uh doing what Microsoft does and yeah, adding more questions to the Activision Blizzard uh acquisition as sort of how this company is supposed to make that acquisition make sense. Yeah. Beyond the fact that uh, you know, they're Microsoft. They're one of the biggest companies in the world. And mm-hmm. I think they had profit of like $72 billion last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that essentially would pay for the Activision Blizzard acquisition by itself. Uh, but yeah, that, that a company that makes that much money in profit uh, needs to lay off 10,000 people is definitely very sketchy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's capitalism right now with uh, a lot of these companies where you know they spend a lot of money on stock buybacks and all that kind of shit uh, versus you know investing into the company itself versus enriching the shareholders that uh, demand blood if their numbers aren't high enough. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, that's the Microsoft news. Hopefully, yeah. things look better after that developer direct, but it's also going to be a bit of a uh, a weird celebration 
mm-hmm. uh, of sorts for the Xbox uh, development community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, also puts uh, you know, three for three being one of the big, uh, biggest hit parts of it is definitely mm-hmm. uh, going to raise a lot of questions for what Infinite's future is. Mm-hmm. Halo Infinite. Uh, uh, there were rumors going around like, oh, they've been taken off of Halo, which isn't true at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're probably not investing as much into Halo Infinite as people would like, mm-hmm. uh, despite it being you know a free to play live service game. Uh, that seems like that's probably not going to be something they heavily invest in. It may just push them to further uh, move away from that slip space engine mm-hmm. uh, for whatever's next. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, that is it for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news, uh, hopefully more positive stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Brandon and Dammer for joining this week. Always. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news. If you enjoy the show, uh, feel free to let friends and family know that they should check it out mm-hmm. and select strangers uh, that hopefully didn't get laid off recently. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week and uh, we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.